You're listening to the Grapes and Gorak Podcast. Powered by Overtime Media. Welcome back. Episode 103 of the Grapes and Gorak Show. I'm Grapes. I'm Gorak. Uh, this episode is going to be kind of like a draft episode. We'll talk a little about what's happened in the last two weeks. Maybe hit on Rick's press conference from yesterday and yeah, a little, little Vikings draft. news, and then we'll give our top uh, 15 big boards. Pre-everything. Yeah. Pre-combine, uh, pre-pre-t, you know. Yeah, probably First, our favorite, one of our favorite episodes. We love the draft. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's all we talk about now when we talk anything. As soon as we were eliminated from the playoffs, it was like, all right, let's draft. Let's it's go. draft season. It's draft season. Uh, but first, uh, 10 years, Kyle Rudolph cut. Yep. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, it's it was, it was an up and down little trip for him. You know, we uh, we got him with Ponder. He came Isn't in with Christian Ponder. Isn't that wild like, Chris, he had to go through Christian Ponder. Uh, and he's there with Teddy. Who was after Matt, Ponder? McNabb well, for a little bit. Matt was Castle. Was that before Ponder or after Ponder? After Ponder. Castle and McNabb were? Yep. Is that right? Yep. And then Teddy. And Teddy. And then Sam Bradford, Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. I feel like his best two years were like the Bradford Keenum years, those two like right there. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was at, he was like 27, 28, I would say, at those yep. times. So, you know, right in the prime of his career. So He was always, uh, I think, well worth a second-round pick. Always one of the better tight ends, but never the best tight end. Like always a, like a tier below the elite guys, just because I don't think he athletically, like he's really tall, great hands, but he was never like burning anyone. Yeah, he never ran a four six. Yeah, uh, couldn't really turn a corner. And at this point, I you can't pay him what they were like what they would have had to pay him. That's just ridiculous. We were surprised he got a contract extension last year. It was that last year or two years ago. I thought that was last. It might have been. I think two it was years, two years ago. But still. Yeah, even then, it was like, yeah, he's kind of on his last legs. And I remember us being like, he's only 29. Because he's only 31 now. Which is bizarre. Was he drafted at like 21? I guess he was. Had to have been. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he. He's going to have a market. It's probably the best for both sides. He clearly didn't split. like our offense. Like, not our offense of. Um, I don't think he didn't like the offense as like an NFL offense. He didn't like it as a tight end. Yeah, I don't think he liked his spot on the totem pole in that yeah. offense. It's not like the I, I never heard him say you know the offense wasn't successful or like didn't put up points. He just was like oh, I just was a blocker, you know. And he he made a comment on I think it was Ben Lieber's podcast, right? Yep. That like once he once basically once Kubiak came in, he could he kind of realized oh that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to do my best to get really good at it. And he did become a better blocker, but it's like. Kind of a chicken or egg thing. Like, did you did we not use you use him because he wasn't very good anymore, or was it just the scheme? Because it kind of affects my draft board. You look at someone like Kyle Pitts. It's like that guy's really good, but are we going to use him? Yeah, but he th- different that animal. That different animal. Different right? animal. Yeah, like that dude's a receiver. How about with- the second guy? Like that uh, Pete Fryer. He's very Rudolph esque. Are we going to use a guy like that? I would say no. I would say, like, if we, I would, you'd probably have to trade up into the second round to draft him. So if you're going to invest second round capital for, like, Pat Freermouth, when you already have Irv Smith Jr., probably not smart. Or, or if you wanted to go pay money for Jainu Smith, yep. just hypothetically, 
probably not smart because you're paying him a little more than you were paying Rudolph to do the same damn thing when you already have Irv Smith on the roster. What's funny is like we ran more two tight end sets than almost every team, but we didn't throw to them much. So I guess they were just blocking or just you know running short routes because even Irv Smith had you know he had a solid season. He would I would have. I don't know, could have been, a, he seems like he's pretty damn good, but he still didn't have that big of an impact. So maybe Clint will use the tight ends more. Yeah, I saw he, what, what was it? Was his, his like, uh, his catch share or something like that? I don't know. But when Rudolph target was, share maybe? target share, when he was, uh, Rudolph was playing in the games, uh, he only had like 19.5% share or something like that. Talking about Irv Smith? Yeah, Irv Smith, and it went up to like 30 when Rudolph was hurt or not playing, yeah, he he played like well in the back. Maybe end it was of the just season. when it was uh, Rudolph was off the field. Maybe oh, that could be because Rudolph's never hurt. Yeah, well, he really wasn't, was he? I can't remember. For some reason, I do think there was a game somewhere in there where just Irv was playing. Like I he had two touchdowns right. against Detroit. I mean, Kyle Rudolph only had one touchdown last year. Yeah, that was crazy. I because even that. the year before he had a bunch. It was like, oh, he at least. He can't really do anything at this point, but he's a good red zone target. So let's keep him around. If you're, you know, why not? He's six six. He's he's scoring touchdowns left and right. And then last year, nothing. So I don't know if the change from like the Stefanski Kubiak uh, meld of an offense to like pure Kubiak. Kubiak's throwing a feeling all day in the red zone, not to to Rudolph. But maybe it's just small sample size, and it's just yeah. I, and maybe maybe they just started drawing up plays for Thielen in the red zone rather than. Finding. And maybe it's because they felt like Rudolph wasn't capable anymore. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't even drawing up plays for Rudolph to begin with, and he just happened to be the big guy in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Cousins is like, oh shit, who do I go to? Oh, uh, there he is. So I don't know. Uh, we're, I mean, ten years, good career. I, I think everyone that is paying attention thought he was going to get cut and going to move on, and I don't think we're going to miss him that much. Again, what did he really do last year for us? Yep. A lot of people like to bring up what he did in the community, but we're not a community podcast. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're talking and about And he can still do field. that. He can still do that. We're talking about on the field. You know, yeah, I'm sure it was all, you know, flowers and rainbows, a bunch of, you know, heartfelt tweets. Yep. But uh, it's Irv Smith time now. Let's like, it's your third season. We drafted you when you were 20. Dude's still only 22 right now. God, that's crazy. He probably needs to become like the third weapon. Obviously, Jefferson Thielen are who this offense is. Delvin Cook, but in the passing game, Irv Smith. And I, I'm not even expecting Irv Smith to take like a huge jump and becoming like, like yeah, I think he'll become a consistent third option. But I wouldn't say I'm expecting a complete like absolute monster of a season from him. I think expecting somewhere around like 50, 60 catches for 600, 700 yards is. That would be like the ideal season for him because this offense is still thrown to the receivers. Like yeah. I'd rather see two thousand yard receivers and then Irv with five hundred yards. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not. See, George that's just Kittle. what I when, I when I hear people say like Irv Smith breakout. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bunch of fantasy footballers that I'm following. But it's like I need people to chill. And like when he ends up with forty five and four hundred and three, I don't want people to call him a bust. What's funny is I have seen a lot of the fantasy football community kind of being like, Oh, Rudolph's gone, it's Irv time. And I'm also kinda of like, eh, you know, like I get he's young, he's athletic, he's now getting an opportunity. I don't see this offense feeding him the ball like a Kittle or Custley. But the tight end the tight end position is so bad. Like beyond those top three guys, what, 
Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Waller. There's nobody. So he could be like, I don't know, this with 550 yards and 50 catches, maybe he gets five touchdowns. That's actually not that bad. I think that would have would have actually made him like the fourth best tight end, like yeah. yards wise in the league last year. I don't think Johnny Smith ever uh ever went over four hundred and fifty. And that's that's kind of a similar like I could see him putting up John U. Smith type stats, you know, like solid but not spectacular. Well, so if that's what you're thinking as far as expectations, I think that's reasonable. Yep, those are that's a level-headed yeah. expectation. But if you're expecting him to be like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, yeah, he's maybe just, he's maybe not pull bad. the reins back. I don't think bit. he's nearly as physical as George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, and then he's not as like dynamic as a receiver as Darren Waller. And Waller's basically a big receiver, and the other two are just physical monsters. The, Irv Smith's only six foot two, where the other guys are six four to six six mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So that also, like, he's the size of a linebacker. Those guys are taller than the linebackers and safeties they're going against. Yeah. He's got the same size. Um, but love I'm excited. Irv Smith, love it. The one thing that is a little bit, I feel like a lot of Conklin hype. I don't know if you've seen a lot of people been like, "Oh, we're good. We've got Tyler Conklin." As much as I like Tyler Conklin, he's still Tyler Conklin. Like, I would not be shocked if all of a sudden we signed, like, if Cameron Brait was cut and you could get him for cheap, or there was, I feel like there was two other guys I was thinking of, like Dan Arnold of the, the Cardinals, like, someone that's going to be, like, two million bucks, and they want him to come in and compete, because Tyler Conklin is, what, do you have, like, 15 catches? Yeah. He's solid. He looks all right, but... It's also, it's his fourth year? I believe, yeah, fourth year. It reminds me of the Mike Boone situation when... So Latavius Murray signs with the Saints. And we're going into the draft and everyone's like, Psh, who cares? We got Mike Boone. He'll back up Cook. Like, we don't need a running back. And then we took Alexander Madison. And then it was like, oh, I guess they weren't as high on Mike Boone as all the fans were. Yeah. Feels like a con- like it could be a conquer thing. I mean, I'm just sort of thinking that in my head, but a lot of people just plugging him in as the Rudolph replacement. I could see them being like, oh, look at a Hunter Long in the third round or something. Let's sign him yep. as the new Kyle Rudolph. Maybe someone with a little more size, like height. And then... Conklin's just still the third, yeah. just like Mike Boone is still just the third. Which he, Conklin's a fine third tight end, mm-hmm. uh, and he's made the most of his opportunities. But are those just you know silly plays here and there, or is he actually getting open? And like, are you settling if you're like like Conklin has like you said the few plays here and there? Could anyone have done that? Could Red Ellison have done that? Could uh, Dan Morgan have done that? So could David you- Morgan. Yeah, Dan Morgan Dan. is the linebacker, like a long time for the Panthers. Yep. Uh, David Morgan, yeah. So former Hurricane. Okay, well, I'm glad you told me that. Um, it, it just feels like one of those. If you don't take a tight end or don't grab one, we're probably fine. But it's not like you can't do better than Tyler Conklin. So I don't. know. We'll see. Uh, I don't expect us to take one like high in the draft. No, but if they want to take one in the middle rounds, yeah. like, sure, let's go for it. I could see us grabbing some <coughs> tall, lumbering. Six foot five free agent. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, like a Mercedes Lewis, somebody. Yeah, just a Luke big body. Wilson, yeah, just people like that. Some tall white guy, you know. Luke Wilson fits the, the bill. The high end would be Cameron Braid if he's cut, because like they have Gronk, they have OJ Howard. Why that guy want? They're not gonna pay him. Gronk is a free agent. Yeah, Gronk. Can he be in the new Kyle Rudolph? Uh, all right. So enough about Kyle Rudolph. Next. Jump to Stephen Weatherly. Yeah, which happened today. Breaking news. Emergency, emergency podcast for Stephen Weatherly, basically. I, I'm so glad things like this happen the day that we were recording. Yeah, good now. thing we waited <laughs> one day. Uh, I think we touched on it on our free agency podcast. 
I believe uh, I had my list of guys that were probably going to be cut, and Weatherly was on it. I think he was due like it was seven. Six, it was like million six million in savings. Like they signed him to a two-year, twelve million dollar contract. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like two years, fourteen and a half. It, two years, very 17. well could be. It was. It might have been like two seventeen. When he got it, it was like, huh, like he's solid, but that's. You're paying him like he's good. Yeah. He's not that good. You're, um, you're, that's top-end uh, rotation money. Yeah. It, it feels to me like what Eric Wilson's about to get, and some team's going to be like, oh, Eric Wilson, that guy's good. And it's like, yeah, he's he's all right. I'll take him in a year after you cut him, yep. like, and we'll take him back for cheap. Uh, and, oh, no, I've lost my train of thought. Stephen Weatherly. Um, yes. I, don't, I, don't, I don't hate it. Like Familiar face, knows the defense. Doesn't hurt comp pick uh, because he was cut. So if if we're going to quote unquote settle for having a rotation at DN, completely okay with Odenabo, Wanham, and Weatherly splitting Across that from Hunter. Yeah, and Odenabo, I believe, is an RFA. I could like if you're going to pay two two and a half million, which is what Stephen Weatherly got. It was one year with with he just signed today. One year, two and a half million with another incentive. I think it's another five hundred if he gets a bunch of sacks, which yep. he's not going to get a bunch of sacks. And if he does, great, pay him five hundred thousand. Uh, so if you're gonna do that, I think he would pay Odenabo the two million or whatever it is to RFA tender him. I would he, think so. If I had to pick one to keep, I think I would keep Odenabo over Weatherly. But it's close. I I I, I like Odenabo uh, with his versatility inside outside. I don't know. After seeing him last year, maybe it's because he had absolutely no help, and it just I don't know. Watch Weatherly last year, though, and I bet you're thinking he had zero sacks. Like, I guarantee every Panther fan's going, like, this guy sucks. Like, why did we pay this guy that money? Yeah, I think uh, that F.A. Obata started playing over Yeah, too. I so. mean, it's it's a classic, you took a guy and put him in a role that he, like, he's not a starter starter. Yeah. You know? Same with Odenabo. Same thing happened here. We plugged in Odenabo, like, oh, yeah, that guy'll do it. Kind of, you know, it's just, he's the rotational guys. But like you said, it creates, like, um, where if you fail to get an edge in the draft or in free agency that can actually like start Wanham, Odenabo, Weatherly across from Hunter. That's, that's a good rotation. Yep. It's not, you know, it's nothing to write home The well. fact that you have just straight fresh legs next to Pierce across from Hunter and whoever you deploy at three tech is better than having just one of them yeah. or two of them. And you get a guy, like you said, experience in our defense. I feel like Zimmer misses that. Like I want a guy I know I can count on. We'll do his job. We'll you know hold the edge against the run. He'll get some pressures occasionally. Extra help in the in the room too. Yeah, and Stephen Weatherly is like super smart. I don't know if you ever heard interviews with him. I think he's like he's into like, like science shit, like aerospace. And yeah, stuff like, like that. Matt Patricia would love this guy. Uh, so I I, th- I feel like for two and a half million, it creates a a spot at DN where it's not horrible if you don't bring someone in i think i said like create a backstop like your worst case scenario is now wanham and weatherly is that that great no but is it like the end of the world no right now three tech is the end of the world who's our three tech shamar stefan that's horrible who's our safety josh metellus if anthony harris walks which sure seems like he's gonna harrison hand yeah like that's the thing you need what i would call a backstop like you need will parks sign some sign some veteran like, I like Will two million dollar vet that you can know can be as good as Anderson Deho, and then in this in the draft, if all of a sudden you know some great safety falls to you, cool, draft him, start him over that guy. 
if he doesn't. Are we bringing Sadejo back if we don't bring the Harris back? <laughs> honest, honest, like not even joking. I can totally see Zimmer being like, "Yo, you know, give him the vet minimum. We draft a safety, and it's like, yo, yeah, I go mean, out, teach, play." I would be less excited about Sandejo than I am Weatherly because at some point Sandejo is just like he seems like he's got to be too old. I don't know how old he is, but he seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, I and like I just hate the idea of retreading everyone. Because it didn't work in the past. Yeah, like you can't just bring back every random Shamar and Stephen Weatherly. Yeah, it just, you know, it's the definition of insanity. <laughs> yeah, let's just run it back but with like less other good players. I can totally see us bring back Sadejo, yeah. though. But just sign some random that can competently play that spot. So you're not forcing yourself to be like, we got to get a safety in the first two rounds or we're screwed. Yeah. Same thing with left guard. Who's our left guard? Drew Smeas right now. No, he's not. He'll play right guard. <laughs> yeah, Ezra's moving over. So, yeah, those are major holes. But, uh, yeah, so Stephen Weatherly, um, cool. Cool signing, whatever, you know. Somehow we're signing guys we're over the cap. You don't got to be under the cap yet. No. Nope. It's just agreed to verbally. Uh, all right, should we talk about Rick's press conference that yeah. uh, he had yesterday? Yeah, let's talk about Rick's press conference. Uh, right away, he uh, one of the first questions he was asked was about the Kirk Cousins trade rumors. Yeah, Kirk can get traded. I feel like we said this. Like, our front office thinks he's a good quarterback. You know why? Because he's actually a good quarterback. So, like, what the hell? Why are you going to trade him? And, like, do do we absolutely love Kirk Cousins? I would say no. Are we completely happy with Kirk Cousins? I would say yes. Like you've said the entire time, you you get a one more piece on the offensive line. You don't have to worry about any more skill position players. You can add to the defense, and mm-hmm. you just go. And Get your defense back to normal. We went 7-9 and nine with one of the worst defenses and worst special teams. Kirk did fine. You know, no. is he Kirk? He's Kirk. I know people are sick of him want to trade him and get... I I, I, I'm right there with you guys. But would I rather have Kirk Cousins or go back to Kelly Holcomb and Christian Ponder, well, it's like Tavares Jackson? Colts no. needed a quarterback bad. Look who they ended up with. Carson Wentz. Dude's trash. Bears desperately would love a Kirk Cousins. You want to be like them? I don't know. Like so, yeah. Rick shot that down pretty quickly. The Niners want to upgrade, but they're happy with Jimmy G if it comes to it. You know. Yeah, they're talking about Teddy B going there. I was like, what? Apparently, well, the Niner Niners said they were just doing their due due diligence. Yeah. Can we have him for free? Yeah. Well, will you eat some of his contract? Yeah, because <laughs> like the thing with Jimmy G is they can just count him outright and save almost like it's like two million dead and like the rest is back. So. If you could even just cut Jimmy and, and get Teddy for, like, nothing, you could then sign probably two other players. I guess I don't know what Teddy's contract. It's also still only it's like smaller than 20, Jimmy's. 20, 25 million, yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, Kirk's our quarterback, and basically he's our quarterback for the next two seasons. Yep. Because his contract becomes guaranteed for next year in, like, With, like, a, a 45 weeks. million yeah. cap hit. And at that point, hopefully he's open to an extension or something to, like, lower that, depending on. The only way I could see us not approaching him for that is if we draft a quarterback this year. And then it's like, all right, you're going to play for 45, and then you're out of here. I'm, yeah, and unless he completely falls on his face this year or next, I feel like Kirk Cousins might be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I next honestly three, don't have a problem with that. Another, like, three, four years. He's not going to fall on his face. I He falls on his face for a few game stretches, and then by the end of the season, he has 35 touchdowns and 10 picks. We, we've talked about it before, like, Kirk Cousins is the kind of quarterback where his game lasts until he's 40. Yeah, like he, he may not throw 35 and 10, yeah. but you know, he'll give you Matt Ryan 
3,500 yards, 20 and 12. What is he, how old is he, 31? Mm, 31 or 32. So, I mean, I feel like you're getting at least, you could easily get five more years out of him, and we have him for two more. So if you did another three-year extension, if you, until you take that swing for that young quarterback, and that's what then I'm, just keep using Kirk. And, and I feel like we're going to try and lower that cap hit next year. Yep. And yeah, because you know Rick, Rick's not Rick and Mike aren't getting another quarterback. So the only way you just I, like, gotta you're, you're gonna have to lower that hit, extend them for another year or two, and in that time you can think about drafting one. But you're just gonna have to kind of. It's Roll really hard to draft one this year because unless Rick and Zim know they're good, like they're not going to get fired if they have a bad season. You got They're going to want to draft someone that can make an impact year one. Oh. And drafting a backup quarterback ain't going to do it. Like that's why Matt Lafleur and them they were they had the luxury. They just went to the title game. They're not getting fired right now. If Zim and Rick have a bad season, we go seven and nine again and miss the playoffs. They could be out of a job. So you think they're going to burn their first round pick on a quarterback? Yeah, and especially like I can. I don't even see us trading up because now you're mortgaging your future on a backup quarterback. And it's like, wait, so we want to win this year and we still have Kirk Cousins next year, but we don't have picks next year. So if we suck again, we're not going to get any better. The only way they would do that is if the ownership said, no, you guys, you are going to be here regardless of how this season turns out. Or unless it's a total disaster. Like, but I feel like if they miss the playoffs, they're on the chopping block. Yeah, I agree. So if they feel that also, you're not taking a backup quarterback, which means Kirk's here for this year. Kirk's here for next year. Unless you take a quarterback in that draft. And then, again, you do the, all right, you play out your $45 million cap hit, and we move on to the rookie the following year. Like if a new regime came in, I could see it then. Yeah. So if I was a betting man, Kirk's our, our quarterback for the next four years, at least. You know, Darren, we are betting. <laughs> <laughs> and I would – and I. I agree. I think if somebody came up and asked me, "Yo, do you think Kirk, I'll bet you two hundred or fifty bucks that Kirk Cousins will be our quarterback? Won't be our quarterback four years from now?" It's like, uh, I'll take you up on that because I bet he will be our quarterback four years." That's from now. interesting. Four years is a long time, though. Like he... three years from now, so one more year than he is under contract. Yes. Basically, he will sign an extension. Yep. Yep. Somebody came up to you and said, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, will I would not bet that he contract. signs one more extension with us. And I, I feel like it's because, A, we're not going to draft a quarterback this year. So he will be our quarterback next year. And we want his cap hit lowered for next year. Yep. So, so yeah, one more. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's again, one, you're right. Four, four years is like, because uh, you don't man. know if Zimmer and Spielman will be here. That yeah. Way. What if they're fired? Then it's like, okay, well, Kirk, your time's probably up yeah. too. Um, all right. Any, uh, so other things with his press conference. Um, you got, uh, no, I always just had a thought real quick. Uh, the Vikings fall on their face. Zimmer, Spielman get fired. Kirk has one year left at $45 million. We're a pretty desirable job at that point for a top candidate, right? You have Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook. You'd have a top 10 pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Kirk is the reason. Uh, I would say ownership. Always willing to pay, which Rick Spielman brought up that like ownership's going to spend what they need to spend to be a competitive team, even during COVID. Uh, our facilities are ridiculously nice, brand new stadium, brand new uh, team headquarters, and then yeah, I mean 
some young talent. I'm not t- saying that Kirk was like an attractive, but like the fact that you only have to pay him for what would only right. Have to pay I think him for it, what would make it real attractive is if we had a real good pick and you could go grab your quarterback. Honestly, though, like and groom him behind Kirk. I feel Kirk. like the Vikings in general is a pretty attractive job just because of the ownership, the facilities. I mean, like you, you know, some of the young talent. Eric Bieniemy, let's go. <laughs> um, I I mean, how the hell are we gonna fall on our face? We went seven and nine. I don't like it's weird. I didn't think we would fall on our face in 2010, and we did. So that was an old team, though. This is fair. This is fair. How can we, like? But I guess even in 2010, after injuries happen. Yeah, injuries do. Well, they happen this year. If Kirk gets hurt for the first time, we're screwed. Um, okay. Uh, other things from his press conference. He did bring up how someone asked him. You know, Zimmer said he may have misjudged losing all those veteran players and. Um, you know, kind of basically calling him out a little to be like, did you guys screw up by cutting all like, you know, Linval, Rhodes, letting Waynes walk, uh, Everson, all those guys. And he actually had a kind of a good point. He's like, we didn't know when we planned this that we wouldn't have OTAs, training camp, preseason games. Like we were like, all right, let's do this. We're going young. We're cutting the vets, bringing in draft picks. Oh, fuck. They don't get to practice. Oh, I do not get to like see and touch them and work on their technique and teach yeah. them the offense. The first defense. game time experience we're gonna have for Dantzler, Gladney, you know, is against the Green Bay Packers <laughs> and the MVP yeah. Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, it's it's a bit of excuse making. Like they also bring up the injuries, but they're also actual reasons. Like I don't like. There's a reason your defense sucked because you had half your good players gone and the other half were rookies that didn't have a training camp. And I understand nobody had that, but also not a lot of people purge their vets. You know, like yeah. that's his point. Is like we wouldn't Bill, have do- Bill, Bill Belichick purged. Like yeah. it's not that they got rid of them all, but I think six of their defensive players opted, opted out, out due to COVID. Uh-huh. So right there, that man had to throw together throw together a defense. New starting he quarterback pretty, he and did stuff a pretty too. good job. Uh, that team of it, sucked. By the way, the the defense was still pretty good. The offense, though, now that was a different quarter. Like yeah. Cam Newton, like that. I mean, was that's, that's an atrocity. I mean, first off, you picked up Cam Newton, who's like whatever, but you gave him no one to throw to. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby that's, Myers, that's uh, bad. Bird, that's bad. So uh, Nikhil Harry, former first round yeah. pick. Um, other Rick Spielman stuff. Do you any other thoughts? He definitely uh, he brought up. We're gonna have to get creative with the cap. We're gonna have to maybe. Uh, restructure or um, cut more players. Like I definitely think you're going to see some base to bonus restructures. Definitely. Like, I feel like Daniel Hunter is such an easy one. If you're confident in his neck, um, which he said he sees no reasons why it would be. Did he say something about Daniel Hunter? Money wise? Yeah. The very end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just about like he hadn't heard about like the guy. Someone said, you know, they asked about Daniil, and he said, yeah, blah blah blah. And then another guy followed up and said, there was a tweet by a NFL Network, you know, Ian Rapport, moron. Uh, he, you know, calling, bringing up the tweet where Ian Rapport said that they need to make Daniil Hunter the highest paid player or trade him. Have we seen the last of him in a Vikings uniform? And it was like week six. It was right when he like basically decided to have the surgery and not play the year. And no one else reported this. Ian Rappaport never went on TV and talked about it. Just one random tweet. And then it was right after we traded Yannick too, wasn't it? It was fucking bizarre. Day, I, yeah. yeah. It, and and so all of a sudden, uh, I don't know, it just came and went. And then someone brought it up to Rick and he literally just goes, no. Like, have you heard Daniel is unhappy about money or something? 
And he said no. Like yeah. flat out just said no. And then uh, Chris Thomason, who's like a pioneer, is he pioneer? Pioneer pa- press. He's a goofy fuck. But he said, he quote tweeted that and said, okay, Rick's saying that he doesn't care about money. And then also said, I talked to Daniel Hunter's training and Daniel Hunter is not worried about money. So, and also, are you out of your mind, Ian Rappaport? Do you think that someone coming off season any neck surgery has any leverage with three years left on their contract to ask for more money? We might do it because we, like, like as, like, we're not going to make him the highest paid defensive player. You know what I think part of that was? Was that once we brought in Yannick Ngakwe, that might have rubbed Hunter the wrong way. Like, are they going to pay this guy? Like, are they going to pay Yannick Ngakwe $25 million a year when I'm better than him and I've been here? Like, they got me on the cheap. I feel like that might have been part of why we traded Yannick. It was like, this is causing problems, and he's not even doing that well, and he's not really fitting what Zimmer wants. Let's just, it was bad. Let's get out of this. Uh, I'm sorry we even, like, thought this was going to work. Yeah, our bad. We're going to recoup what, try and recoup recoup close to what we lost. Yeah. And, Danielle, how are you feeling? Yeah, better. (laughs) You good? We're good here? So, yeah, that's, that was his, uh, at the end it was funny the video ended so abruptly too with his press conference it just ended with him going no like no like like just ridiculous he actually started uh like laughing when the guy was asking the question because it's like a zoom call yeah and the guy said you know there was a tweet that he wanted to be the highest paid pl- uh, defensive player in the NFL. and it, like rick actually kind of like smiles and starts laughing which you know part of me is like it. you know he's seen the tweet oh 100 <laughs> they probably heard about it the day of and like what the fuck's going on here um not sure I want him laughing and smirking when someone brings up Payne to Neil as the highest paid defensive player because I don't want to know being like, okay, well, that's not funny. Like, I'm pretty fucking good. But I feel like he, you know, he's laughing more about like the whole situation in general where Ian Rappaport clearly got drunk and tweeted out some shit and doesn't know what he's talking about because he never put his face on NFL Network and repeated it. So someone was like, maybe he thought Dino Hunter was a free agent or something, but he said they're going to have to trade him. So that doesn't make any sense. Trade him or restructure. Make him the highest paid defensive player in the league or trade him. Is this the last we've seen of him in a a Viking uniform? And then like some fucking eyeball emojis. Yeah. And then it was like, thanks for the following up, Ian. Where's Tom Polisaro to like fact check you? Or yeah, or at least just swipe it down real quick. Yeah, confirm or deny that this is a real thing. So I don't know. I think, uh, I think Dino's going to be around. Um, any, yeah, Rick, anything else from Rick's, uh, press conference? I feel like it was pretty much run of the mill, normal Rick stuff answers every question with yes, no. You ever notice that? They'll be like, so, you know, you look into like how, or what do you think about the edge class? Yeah, no, I'm thinking it's every single fucking answer. Just listen to it. He'll say yes, no. Yes, no. I like that. I like that. He's a real person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, we're looking to add good players. It's like, oh my God. It'll be a it'll be a like a yes no question and he's answering no but he'll say yes first yes no we don't want to do that no yeah we'll do that <laughs> it's like what the fuck's going on um, I like Rick though I, I feel like I feel I feel like there are a lot of people who do that yeah no I it's feel like, like a, it's a total yeah. Midwestern thing <laughs> probably is. yeah no we're okay here <laughs> yeah we're good he uh, he also does the thing where he likes to say like the Stefan Diggs of the world. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, I get it, I get it, but like what that kind about? of talent or those yeah. kind of personalities. Did you see the uh interview? I feel like it was with Billy. What the what is the Brandon Bean? Brandon Bean, Bill Billy Bean is the A's guy, Brandon yeah. Bean is the Bill's, Bill's guy. He was talking about how the Diggs trade like happened. Did you see any of that? No, I didn't. So, you know, when Diggs treated like time for a fresh start, that was the first time the Bills were like, Yeah, let's call him up. So, he tweeted that the day that Kurt got like his extension. Yeah. And then, uh, Viking, I guess we said, like, now nah, we're not interested in trading him, but, like, make us an offer. We're not, 
we're not not going to listen. And then they basically it all came together in like one day. Oh, yeah. So basically, Diggs tweeting that did like set off. So they must have like initially offered a first and maybe like a bunch of later stuff. And they're like, well, we're enticed by the first. Like we didn't think like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins just got traded for a second in David Johnson. Nobody's going to like really make a serious run at Diggs and offer more than they will for Hopkins, will they? You see a first and some late picks. It's like, well, can we maybe move some of those picks mm-hmm. up a little bit? Like the Stefan Diggs we're talking about. It is embarrassing that they didn't get that much for Hopkins. Like two ones. How does Jamal Adams get two ones, but Diggs or Hopkins don't? I have no idea. It's like, I don't, these GMs. And like, you know, Rick Spielman was not going to trade Diggs for anything less than a first. There's no way he would do a second in a fucking running back. I mean, that's just pure Bill O'Brien's an idiot. Um, But yeah, that was just interesting how, like, it wasn't weeks long of like, hey, we know Diggs is unhappy, like anything. It was like, eh, Diggs seems like he's not happy. Let's give it a shot. Um, Anyways, um, I did watch a little Adam Adam Zimmer. Diggs and, or a first and Ed Oliver. That would have been nice. (laughs) That's basically two firsts, though. Oh, that's right. That draft hadn't happened yet, so he would have been... A rookie that year. He would have been a rookie. But they just take him with the first pick. Yeah. He had just played his rookie season at Oliver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But, yeah. That's a lot more than a third. And Still, if we were able to get Ed Oliver and Justin Jefferson for Stephon Diggs, you solved your three-tech, you replaced Diggs. Spielman almost never drafts for, or trades for players. I've noticed that like, too. Like Brett Jones was one thing. Well, he does it with the late round picks, like Vedvik, Brett Jones. He did it early on with like shitty quarterbacks, um, oh. some former Eagle quarterback. Was Book Bollinger a sixth round pick? Yeah. And then there was uh, another one, but he never does like when we traded Harvin, no players back. When we traded, you know, Diggs, no players came back. I don't know who any big names we've traded, but it's well, usually he wants to take a shot on yeah. replacing. It's usually a bad him. idea when you trade for players because it's like when the Jets did it. Uh, who did they trade with where they sent a bunch of uh, – was like the Sanchez trade, I think? The Jets. When they traded up for Sanchez, whoever they traded with was like a former coach of the Jets. Yeah. And was Eric Mangini maybe? Yeah, with the with Cleveland. The, and, the and it was like, oh, give me a bunch of my former Jets players who aren't even that good, but like, oh, I liked them. Yeah, they fit my scheme. Yeah, or... and they turn out it's like a bunch of mediocre bums. It's, don't do that. Don't trade for like some guys you know. It's like Matt Patricia trading for former Patriots. Yeah, exactly. I'll trade you a third round pick or, for you know, Deron Harmon. Tim Tom Thibodeau bringing in every Bulls player imaginable. Um, anyways, I listened to I don't know if you had anything else on Zimmer's or on Spielman's press conference, but I listened to Adam Zimmer. Not really. And one thing that stuck out is he referred to Gladney over and over as a nickelback. I, think, I feel like he can be a great nickelback, uh, which leads me to believe he's mostly going to be a nickelback. Yep. So does that mean we need a starting outside corner? Because I don't know what to think about Mike Hughes. Like, yeah, will Gladney start in base defense on the outside and then move to nickel? Then who's your outside corner? It's Mike Hughes probably right now, but like that dude, he's like so unreliable. Yeah, yeah I would say we need a starting outside. Yeah. Which Harrison we, Hand played well outside. Yeah. So when he was mean, stuck in the slot, I didn't really like him. But when yeah. he played outside of that game, we got maybe I just think about the Saints game. He had a pick. Oh. He had a pick. But maybe, you know, we'll, maybe we'll draft one. We'll see. Should we take a break and then hit our top 15 draft boards? Yeah, let's go for that. All right, welcome back. Uh, that was quite re- a break. Ready, we, that was a long break. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, it literally was. We yeah. talked about quite a few different things. Uh, but this will bring us into the, the big board. The initial, the initial Grapes and Gorak. Well, it'll be separate. We have each of our own. 
This is, you know, pre-free agency. So it's a Vikings board. At least mine is. Yours is too, right? Yep. Vikings board. So it stacks our needs, our scheme. You know, we're not building, you know, a talent board. We're building a Vikings board. Yep. Uh, you know, it'll probably change if we sign any decent free agents. But this is uh, our initial uh, run at it. This is it's draft season. And you know? if you have a problem with us or with it, tweet at us <laughs> and we'll get into an argument about it. It'll be good. Uh, your first player? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's first. Well, hey, for a hot minute I had Zach Wilson ahead. But I came to my senses and I said, you know what? BYU didn't play anyone good. Oh. Trevor Lawrence did. I really like Zach Wilson's style, but Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's got everything you'd want. He's going uh, one Cle- of Cle- Jackson, Clemson so. kind of simplified things. I think he could do things that Zach Wilson does if asked to. Especially against like that type of competition. Well, my thought was like everyone was like Andrew Locke, RG3, top guys. Russell Wilson sitting in the third round. Who would have said at that time that Russell Wilson would have been the best out of those three? That's so true. it's not crazy to say, you know. Even Chris Sims saying that that guy's an idiot. But, you know, he's... You know, he might be right. He might be. Like, you can't just be like, that's crazy. Because how many times have, like, top quarterbacks been bad? Like, we just saw Carson Wentz and Jared Goff get traded. Yeah, I think there were, like, 22 quarterbacks taken in the last, like, 15 years in the first round, and only one of them are still with their original team. That's fucking wild. Uh, But they're... Also, I I was looking at a college football preview. Zach Wilson was ranked quarterback number 50 coming into the year in one... uh, College football preview. That's so that just goes crazy. to show well, he was like, who the hell was he? No one knew. It's uh, a random dude. Like he had, uh, he had surgery on his throwing shoulder and his thumb on his throwing hand this off season. Um, so apparently he played hurt the year before. Okay, and that's why he didn't play very. They played well. a cupcake schedule too, though. So yes, they did. But, but the ball. Uh, yeah, well, Lawrence number one. He's going to the Jags, so it really, it's irrelevant. Yep. He's not. There's no chance. Zero percent chance he falls to us. We can move on to number two. Yes. Number two, I have Justin Fields. Okay. I have I have Zach Wilson. So let's talk a little Justin Fields. Uh, Ohio State quarterback. Yep. Uh, he's, what, 6'2", 220, uh, mobile. Uh, I like his anticipation. A lot of people rag on him because he's an Ohio State quarterback. Red, um, a, red flag. Red flag right there. Ohio uh, State. Uh, a lot of people say that he's like a one-read quarterback. People say he's slow to read too. Like he... my argument, he is maybe a little slower to read. I think it's mainly because he holds on to his first read so much. But my opinion is his first read's always open. His offensive coordinator did his job. That's yeah. why he's mainly hitting his first read. It's one of those things where it's the scheme is so good and the talent's so good that you worry like maybe that's why Dwayne Haskins looked good was because guys are open, you know. But he's got the talent, he's got the size, he's I think got the, the legs. tools are there, yeah, like to project into the future. He's and worth I, a swing. Yeah, like, there's no way if if he were there at 14. Yeah, I'm not I, taking him over any of the uh, any of the other guys because especially on my board, I have Fields over Wilson. If Fields is there, highly doubt Wilson is there. So, like, yeah, going most to be... likely the top four quarterbacks are not there. But if any of them are there, I'm taking them, which yep. would will prove out because of the way the board is stacked. I have, I got Wilson too. Uh, I just think he's a fucking gamer. Like I, the dude is just he's he's like Johnny Manziel without the off field bullshit. Like he runs around, he throws the fucking ball. I don't know. He just he's seems like not good... the he's he's Johnny football without the enigma. Yeah, he's like he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but he the dude just 
makes plays. His yeah. stats were in, insane. And he he really seemed to trust his arm. Like, uh, who was it? Was it Jordan Reed uh, watching tape from one year to the next saying he, uh, he learned uh, the difference between ball accuracy and ball placement. Yeah. When instead of like throwing to the receiver, he would throw in front of the receiver. Um, and I think that is obviously a huge step. And if you learn that in college, you can only progress as it goes on. And he really seems to trust his arm. He's always making like tight window throws and jazz like that. Probably no chance he falls to 14. Like I, I would put it at 0.5% chance yeah, like that your only, any of these top three will be there. Your only hope is maybe they fall to like the late single digits and then you trade up for him if you really want a quarterback. So uh, who's your number three? Number three, I have Zach Wilson. Okay. My um, number three is Trey Lance. Oh. So I have Lance ahead of Fields. Okay. I just think uh, you're that's a home run swing. Like Lance is probably the most like – talented in this whole class he's also like probably the riskiest yep i, he, I small school small sample size so much fun to watch yeah though. he looks like uh only had one turnover the last year yep right only, yep how do you put it the year 19 yeah 2019 season. season he had one turnover was it yeah and then this was... season he only played one game just like a showcase game didn't actually play all that great uh but he just like He's got a cannon arm. He can run. He can. He's like uh, he's the modern day NFL quarterback. He's yep. your Mahomes type. I was gonna say he kind of like projects as Mahomes because Mahomes is like quarterback like three or four for a yeah. lot of people. And it's like if he is in the right situation, can sit for a year or two, has the right got, uh, minds around him and skill position players, he'll be uh, a star. You know the biggest. And he was the biggest thing. I feel like worries me about Lance is if we take him because like do we have the coaching minds to like roll with a quarterback like that that maybe freelances more runs around more I've heard everything I say or read they say he's a good fit in a in this type of offense but and maybe now that it's Clint there's more hope I don't know I feel like with Zimmer he he just would prefer I a think pocket passer the, that just gets things done my my opinion is you know West Coast offense has a lot of bootlegs in it, and it's a lot of touchdown or checkdown. Which, yeah, Trey Lance is per- perfect for that because he can he throws really well on the run, especially rolling to the right. Um, that way, or, or even no to the left because he's really good at squaring up his shoulders, he's firing it, and firing it. Zach Wilson might be the best in this class at that though, um, but Trey Lance is really good at it. Uh, I agree. I think I think Trey Lance is like the perfect fit for this style offense, and he's because Kirk Cousins like a very good fit, but you get Kirk Cousins with legs, and you just open up another can of worms. That's kind of what the hope is, because like Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback, so you need to be swinging for someone better than Kirk Cousins. And I think all four of all these four of these guys have the potential to be. This is a really good quarterback class, honestly. Like to have four guys that are thought of this highly, and then you even have you know maybe the Mac Jones, who's more of the classic like pocket passer type. Oh. But so yeah, three Trey Lance. I'm just swinging for the fences there. Oh. My four is Justin Fields. Your four Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. Oh. So we're I both really of us, like the quarterbacks in this class. Which I mean, it means we would take any of the quarterbacks if they fell to 14 over any other play in the draft. 
And we both think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. So we're not saying don't swing for a quarterback. But don't just swing. Don't just take Mac Jones because he's there. Because you're bored of Kirk. Don't take, yeah, don't take Mac Jones at 14. What's his upside? It's it's probably Kirk Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Probably like a less mobile Kirk Cousins. Dude, Mac Jones can't run at all. Like, you're just drafting Kirk Cousins again. And... I, yeah, and you're you're hoping that he becomes Kirk Cousins. Yeah, there's the, if you look back at the drafts, it's far more likely he becomes nobody. He's now more likely to become Ponder, in my opinion, than he does Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. And if the one upside, if he does become a good quarterback, is you're getting him for a bargain price compared to Kirk Cousins. So yeah. that would be the reasoning. Someone would be like, "Well, I say take a swing at it because then you can move on from Kirk." And you have a rookie contract, but you still but have two more years to, of Kirk. You, but I was just gonna say you got to get rid of Kirk like right about now. Yeah. If we get rid of Kirk about now and yeah. we draft Mac Jones, Makes yeah, it, sure. Yeah. But Makes a lot more sense. Like after March 14th or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we're not taking Mac Jones it's, at 14. It's kind of why I like the Trey Lance fit because he is so raw and so young that I don't even care if he sits behind Kirk for two seasons, just like Rogers did with Favre. Like sit him. Like he needs to be sad. He played at NDSU. He was 19 when he had his, like, I think his one good year. Yep, because I so, think he's 21, like, in August Yeah, or he's like real that. young. So, uh, yeah, uh, top four quarterbacks, though, we both agree, are the top four players on the Vikings board, or yep. our Vikings board. Uh, your number five player. Uh, Penny Sewell. I also have Penny Sewell. Uh, basically the, like, prototype left tackle you would ever want. Uh, yeah, he's big, he's mobile, he's strong, he has great technique. Uh, he can pull. He's got positional flexibility. Like, like he could play guard for a year if we bring Reef back, yep. and then swing out and be our franchise left tackle for the next ten years. Leave O'Neill at right tackle. He's the. I think we talked a little bit about it a couple days ago that he's one of the few non quarterbacks that I'd be willing to maybe throw a third round pick in to go up and get if he fell. Out. Like he's probably going. I don't know how he gets past the Bengals, but if he did, if he all of a sudden fell to like the Lion Eagle area, I'd be willing to throw a pick or two. To go so, get him. Yep. Uh, if the sitting at like eight with Carolina, I'm. I don't think they pass on him. But if I'm throwing one, three, and four out of there, and I get Sewell, I'm happy with it. He's just such a sure thing. Like you look at even like Slater and Darius on stuff. They look great, but there's always busts. They're not bust proof. Sewell, as far as any prospect in this entire draft, he's got to be one of the most bust proof prospects there is. Mm. He's also super young too. I agree. I just. For whatever reason, I hear you say that, and I agree fully. But all of a sudden, Robert Gallery comes into my mind, and I'm like, "Oh, damn it!" Because <laughs> he was, you know, sure thing, bust proof, yep. play left tackle, right guard. You plug him wherever, and then he's out of the league in six years. It's <laughs> work ethic. You got to look in their backgrounds. Something. That's true. Uh, but we both agree he's the yep. best non-quarterback in the draft. For the Vikings. I agree. Uh, your number six player. Rashawn Slater. I also have Rashawn Slater six. Uh, tackle from Northwestern. Gopher fans may know some about him. Um, he was one of the only guys to hold Chase Young Yep. Uh, like, down. Yeah, basically held him in check for a game, which no one did. Oh. He's uh, a shorter tackle. Like he's, I think he's like 6'4", six, 6'3". Six, six, yeah, 6'3". Yeah, so like... That well, that doesn't sound short. He's not a big mammoth. Like he's, he's. Darius uh, has like six six. Yeah, and, and Sewell's a bigger guy. Like he's he's more uh, technique and athleticism than he is like overpowering you. Yeah, he and can play center guard tackle. Yeah, any five positions yeah. you you want him to play it. 
again, plug and play guy. A great fit for us because if we bring Reef back, we kind of want a guy who can play guard for a year. Like yeah. if you draft a pure tackle, you've kind of ran into this tackle jam. Yeah, we talked about that uh, earlier in the week. Like if we were to draft like Kristen Derrissaw, yeah, how does he fit in with Brian O'Neill and Riley Reef? Because none of them really have guard flexibility. Yeah. It seems like even last year they were never interested in moving Reef to guard. O'Neill, do not move him to guard. That's ridiculous. So can if if you draft a guy who can't do it, what are you doing? And then there's also the Ezra Cleveland curveball in there, like. Is he a guard now? I think we both agree they're probably just going to leave him at guard and call it a day. But he was a tackle in college. Do they see him as the long-term left tackle? Then maybe we're looking more for a guard here. Maybe you do take a Slater, and then it's like, all right, Cleveland, Slater, who 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 do we feel can move to left tackle? Because the other one's staying at guard, you know? Oh. So it, it just makes Slater a really, a really enticing pick because no matter how they shuffle the deck, he's got a spot to help us this season. Yeah, And he's also like a perfect fit in his wide zone scheme because of his athleticism yep because he he moves um real well who uh if you had a kirk friends no that's iowa i don't know their 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 head coach uh got some uh interviews i think this year oh pat really Fitz, pat's fitzgerald oh okay okay that was his name but uh anyways that was rashawn slater both of our six yep. your weight is that yeah that's yep, six. That was six so your number seven seven this is where i feel like we could go different yeah i feel like uh Anywhere between 7 and 20 on my board are pretty interchangeable at this it's, point. It's an interesting draft <laughs> class. Like There is no elite, elite D lineman. There is no Bosa. There is no Chase Young. There is no Quinnen Williams. Like The guy that everyone's like, top three. Their only guy even that I feel like in this entire draft that is... Potential top? Like a lock is Penny Sewell. Even, then now, we both really like Slater because of the fit and the need. But other teams might be like, ah, he's just a part of this next group. It's a weird draft class. It's like really good quarterbacks. I guess the receivers are also like really good, but like we just don't need him as it much. Doesn't fit us it doesn't right fit now. us. So there's no we'll like gladly take him. Yeah. Just not really like and, fitting us. You know, right Kyle now. Pitts, obviously one of the most elite tight ends to come out of college in a long time. But like, again, it's a tight end. So there's just it's just a, like you said, once you get past, I would say once you get past Sewell, we both really yeah. like Slater. There's a reason it fits, it's perfect. So after Slater. It's like 15 guys that are all like, I take them. Yeah. Like I'm, and they could be there. None of these guys. It's like there's no way. Yeah, those top five. Yeah, are maybe, not. maybe the receivers. But again, we don't really care that much. Honestly, go ahead and take them. So something falls to us that we actually need. But uh, who is your seventh? I've got Christian Barmore. I also seven. have Barmore. Damn seven. it. <laughs> we are in lockstep. Three tech from Bama. He's my favorite defensive lineman in the class. Uh, we need edge. We need three tech. Uh, it's so much fun watching pressure develop from up the middle. We are suckers you, for three tech, honestly. You, well, Christian you Wilkins. watch it. I watch it all postseason with the Bucks, yep. with the Chiefs. Like Chris Jones for the last three, four years, been drooling over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bucks had like Vita Vey uh, come back and mm-hmm. like just right up the middle. And it, we haven't had that since Sheree Floyd, really. I mean, Sheldon Richardson had a year, and then he left. Like Linval did it for a little bit as a nose tackle. Yeah. And, but I'm just talking pressure up the middle, not playing mm-hmm. three tech. So, like, it, it's so much fun because you got Daniil Hunter, you got Michael Pierce, two guys who demand double teams. Like, the fastest route to the quarterback is right up the middle. Yep. Give me another guy who uh, provides pressure right up the middle. Then he can bring back those double-A gap blitzes. Mm-hmm. 
and wreak havoc. And like I just I think we both agree we need help in the trenches. Offensive, defensive. We can't block for Kirk and we can't stop the run or rush the passer. And obviously Pierce and Hunter that's they'll help. But your three tech is garbage. I mean, Shamar Stefan isn't even a three tech. He's like a tweener. Yeah. So Barmore kind of had like a solid beginning of the season, but then actually tore it up in the you know, college, college playoffs, playoffs, the title game, all that. I put him slightly ahead of the rest of the pack here. Like even the edge guys, there's a lot of edge guys. He's kind of like the only three tech that's really talked about going this high. So like, and then also, like, I'm okay, I'm not okay with our DNs, but at least there's something there with Wanham and Odenabo and Weatherly. There is nothing at three tech. Nothing. It's more or less the thought of the rotation of our ends is a lot leaves a is a lot better than rotating Stefan, Jalen Holmes, and Armin Watts. Yeah, it's just it's nothing there. There's it's an there empty it leaves cover. a lot to be desired. Where if yeah. you're rotating Wanham, uh Wanham, Weatherly, Odenabo, and you've got Pierce Barmore Hunter. Like you're I'm set. okay with that week three rotation guy because if that's the worst part of your line, that's actually not bad. Like that, you can't have stars everywhere. And like you said, from this point on, for like the next fifteen picks, these guys are all kind of the same. So pick the guy that's going to help you the most. You know, I just I feel like Barmore's the guy that would help you the most. Absolutely. And he's, I just think, a, like a perfect need talent meeting there at fourteen. Yeah. And. Last three years, we've always had like a three tech that we loved. Last year, who was it? Last year, because Wilkins was two years ago, right? Or was Wilkins? Yeah, Wilkins was two years ago. Three years ago was Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver. That draft no, was ridiculous. Wasn't it Quinn and Williams? Wilkins Ed was Oliver in that and draft. Wilkins, yep. yeah. And so it was like and we didn't get any of them. Jeffrey Simmons. <laughs> we could have taken him ahead of Bradbury. Um, who was it last year? I know there was got to be some three tech last year that we were like drooling over because we always do. Yeah, there's always one. What's that? But, the 2020 draft? I'll look yeah. that up while you tell me your next. My next one would be Quiddy Pay at eight. Quiddy Pay at eight. Quiddy Pay at eight. Yeah. Um, I actually flipped them today. Just and it sounds stupid to flip them because of Weatherly, but it was like I honestly like uh, if you're talking a D line of Quiddy Pay, Shamar Stefan. Pierce, Pierce Hunter, Hunter, or would I rather have Barmore, Weatherly, Pierce Hunter? I'd rather have Barmore. So, Quiddy preference pay, at that point. Yeah, and like they're on the same level of prospect. Like I, it's stupid to be like I hundred percent think pays way better. There's just, just so like they're they're D end and DT one. Like it's yep. like Quiddy Pay is the best D end in this class in our opinion. Barmore is the best interior defensive lineman in this class in our opinion. <laughs> It's pick your poison with what you have on the roster. It's a Vikings big board. Yes. that's And that's why Barmore that's why makes it ahead of Pay. Yeah. And, you know, Pay, I think he could maybe slide inside some and, and play some of the three-tech. But he's just he seems like a real safe pick at edge because he's already really good against the run. And he's a super, like he's a freak athlete. Yeah, what do you have, like a three-cone of like six and a half yeah, or something was, like that? Yeah, it was a ridiculous <laughs> three-cone. So... I I feel like he he might not be the most talented edge in this draft. Like there's some freaks like Gregory Russo is like Jalen Phillips. Yeah, but he seems to be the one that like I would. There's no ri- like the risk is less with him. I agree. Phillips has the injury history. Russo is like very raw and a lot of his pressures came from the inside. Like it wasn't like he was 
Quiddy Page just he's he's a pro. Technically sound. Yeah. It seems like I I really enjoy watching his tape. Uh, what do you have for nine? Nine. I you know there was no three techs last season. Ross Blacklock. He can't be the first one taken, was he? Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, who was the dude from Missouri that? Javon we really Kinlaw. There it oh, is. yeah, Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did have. Uh, we I think we knew he was never going to make it to us, so we didn't get too excited about yeah. him. All right, my next pick after or after Pay is Christian Darasa. Okay. Uh, uh, he's the next best left left tackle, I guess I would say that uh, he's bigger, more of a powerful guy, but. People say he fits the zone scheme, so I'll yep. plug him in. He does. I don't think he can really play guard, so it does kind of create some weirdness where you're. I feel like at that point you almost have to move Reef to guard. But yeah, I love Christian Darius. I love his tape. I love the size. I love the fit. Uh, I have him at ten. Okay. Um, the one downside I've seen is like he seems a little. Uh, how do you put it? Uh, not like hungry. Like I don't know. Like. He seems a little uh, lackadaisical out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like bury people. He doesn't. There's no, there's a lot, not enough fire. But like it kind of reminds me of like a Phil Lodeholt or like a Brian McKinney. They were both very good, but they weren't like edgy. They weren't, you know, going yeah. out trying to kill people. Yeah, they're not they punching just, people. To the yeah, they're almost like big teddy bears, you know. But they were good at football. Yeah. So if as long as he can do that, like it borderlines on lazy, which is a little, little worrisome. But he's a monster too. Like he gave up like no pressures. He was really good. I, I, I don't like uh, the word lazy because I feel like he's really technically sound. And if he was lazy, he wouldn't work and on that's, technique. And sometimes it makes it like being so like, technically sound, you can look lazy. Like it could be like, oh, you're – he doesn't look like – because he doesn't have to. Yeah. He's it, just the, locking the you The effort out. almost doesn't look yeah, like it's, it's there. Yeah. Like w- w- another word for lazy is like effortless. Like, oh, look at that. That sounds yeah, a lot that, better. that's a good point. Uh, yeah. So I'll put Darasa at nine. I, you know, it's interesting. Like I do think some of these guys will make it to our pick. Darcy, yeah, I pay Barmore. Like I actually think most, like they, one of these, one of those three, I feel like will guaranteed be on the board. If not two of them, you might end up with all yeah. three on the board. Uh-huh. Yeah. I honestly, if I had to bet, I would bet some of these guys. The only reason they wouldn't be is because like, if another th- person does think pay is edge one, maybe they take him. but I don't know if he actually deserves to go fifth pick or sixth pick. Like, no. There's just there's other guys that are going to be down here that just don't fit the Vikings that push these guys down. So sure. who is your? That I had was nine. I'm still on nine. Nine. Yep. Okay. Uh, I had a. I've got Elijah Vera Tucker. Okay. Uh, I only. So put, you have Vera Tucker over Darsa. Yes. I'm really close to doing that. It's if I posi- know it's positional versatility and like it, people love oh. him, people really like him, and I feel like if we do bring Reef back, which we will know before the draft. I don't want to say like, oh, I want to draft a worse player because he's more flexible. I think these guys are both on this similar talent. They're both just as likely to bust as they are to be good. So take the guy that can play guard for a year. Vera Tucker played guard in 2019, played left tackle last year, or I might have them flipped one or the other. I think he played left tackle this the this, most recent season and the guard before that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. But So that right there um, really, really helps because... He was really good at left tackle. I think he'd make an elite guard. And it really helps that you can plug him in at guard while Reef plays out the rest of his contract. And then you kick him outside and he can take a guard in the second or third mm-hmm. round next year. It gives you the options too of like maybe he stays at guard and Ezra moves <coughs> outside. Ezra's taller. You know, maybe that works out. Maybe they both stick at guard and you draft a tackle next year. Oh. You know, you just have so much more. Well, first off, you get to use everyone this year. You know, I don't, again. I don't want to draft a backup. Yep. Nobody like, that's wants- my, like, 
I I love Christian Darisaw. Like he might be my second favorite tackle over Rashawn Slater. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that I don't know where the hell he's going to play this year turns me off to him. Yeah. You know, if I was doing a NFL big board, Darisaw's higher than Vera Tucker, Pay, Barmore, Slater. But since I don't know exactly where he fits in here, yeah. you I need can't... like a path to use a player. It's stupid. I, I get people are like, well, you got to go best player available. To, well, you also need to be able to like develop them and give them playing time yep. and use them and help your team. And it, yeah, like, great. We got Christian Darisaw, tackle the future, doesn't play this year. But I also want Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer to keep them their jobs. <laughs> right. I don't want to have to fire him because they took a guy who's a backup. Yeah. They're not going to do it. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Reef because. Even though I think we both think they're going to bring him back, they're not going to bring him back at thirteen million dollars, right? I think it's the I think it's an extension. Or, I, I do too. I think it's like a to add two years, spread it out, add a little money in the end, but sh- but lowered this year's cap. I'm sure with I'm sure it'll be a two year extension. That third year will have zero guaranteed money yep. tied to it, but it's there to you know spread out the bonus. Yep. So this year and next year he's probably on the roster. Or yeah. if you cut him next year, it'll be a cheap cut. Mm-hmm. And like, what if he does play well this year? And you're like, well, we would want to bring him back. Well, then it, good now thing I got to pay him 13 million again instead of extending him this year, and I only have to pay him seven million next yeah. year. I think they'll do something with Reef, and I think that something will be a way to lower his cap number and bring him back, which yep. leads us to taking a offensive lineman that has some guard flexibility. Yep. Uh, so that was Elijah Ray Tucker at ten. That was nine for me. Darisaw at ten. Your ten is oh, so you had Darisaw right behind him. Yep. Okay, my ten is. Caleb Barley. Okay. So I know Viking fans are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me, a cornerback? So he's cornerback uh, Virginia? Virginia Tech. No. It's got to be Virginia. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, okay. Who did we take? Was it Chris Cook was Virginia Tech or was he Virginia? Virginia. Okay, that's where I'm flipping him. Okay. But I think we, we talked a little about it earlier. Like if they see Gladney as an inside corner and Nickelback, who is your other outside corner? Mike Hughes, Harris Hand. We don't really have one. So... As much as it's annoying that we're going to take possibly another corner in the first round after taking Gladney, Hughes, uh, and then even a few years before that, Mike Alexander in the second. We took Waynes. We, we took, took Rhodes, Rhodes. And we took Dantzler in the third. We kind of need another corner. Um, and Caleb Farley's like elite talented. Like he's, he's not, I don't know if he's as polished as like a Patrick Sertain, but Speed, height. I mean, if you listen to the speed from this Exos training thing, he ran like a four two. Yeah. Um, he could legitimately be legitimately be like a lockdown one if he reaches potential, which creates such a good secondary. If you if you move Dantzler from a number one to a number two, I feel like he could be a very good number two corner. Yeah, he played uh, the right side, right cornerback spot very well last mm-hmm. year. And like by the end of the season, it was like, okay, this guy is legit. He probably played better than Gladney even. He looks like someone that'll be a starter for a long time. But like by getting Caleb Farley, you like move him down a slot. So now you've improved not only your number one spot, your number two spot, and your nickel spot. You just like, it's like a cascading effect of making all your corners better. So, I mean, it kind of, the only part that's kind of annoying is now you've drafted a first round pick in Gladney, who's a part-time player. Because if it's, if it's 4-3 base defense, you're probably going Caleb Farley and... Dantzler. And Dantzler. But it's, you know, even Justin Jefferson's not on the field every play. Even, you know, you draft... Delvin Cook's not on the field every play. Exactly. And you're in nickel so much, 
and you're going up against Rodgers and Devontae Adams, like you need to beat Really the only people on the field every play are your is Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter, Eric Kendricks, maybe Anthony Barr. Yeah, I mean one of the linebackers has to come back in dime. I don't think we play a lot of dime though. Uh, so no, and then your offensive line, if you're talking, you know, both yeah, sides of the ball. You really want to get in yeah. yeah. Otherwise you're rotating defense alignment. So it's like, yeah, take Quiddy Pay. He's also probably sitting for a good portion of the stats oh. snap. So um, I just really like Farley. I think he's one of the most talented players in the draft. So if I love watching Gale if Farley, he falls Farley. to fourteen and it'd be in the scenario that like there's no clear offense alignment, the defense alignment have been picked up. Go best player available. Take Farley. You can plug him in. You saw the injuries to our corners last year. Yeah. You need corners. No one can have enough corners. Draft corners. Remember, two years ago we were running Sandejo out at Nickelback against the yeah. Saints. Yeah, I mean last year Dantzler missed time. Uh, Holton Hill disappeared. Mike, Mike Hughes, Hughes can't stay time. healthy. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can't count on Mike Hughes, you have two legit corners. Yeah, you've got Boyd and Hand and stuff, but like we saw what happens when you count on guys like Armin Watts and Adenabo and you know Hercules, all those guys. Like, yeah, they're fun and all, and you hope they become better, but it's like one out of five they're actually going to become better. So yeah. get some real players. Uh, so Caleb Farley's my number ten. Number ten uh, brings me to eleven. I got uh, Kyle Pitts. Eleven. Kyle Pitts happened to hit the same spot, tight end, Florida. As who's the best tight end prospect since Kyle Pitts? He's a freak. Kellen Winslow, the second. The the pedophile? Or the yeah, guy that like, No, wait, it's not the, a pedophile. No, he, he's, uh, like, he's a, he's a sexual predator. Yeah, yeah he was going after like, old ladies rapist. and stuff. Yeah. He's a horrible he, person. He, awful person. Yeah, awful person. But he, Thanks for bringing him up. Should have went Vernon Davis. I mean, that's what I would have said. I mean, I don't, you know. And he was more recent than Kellen Winslow, <laughs> yeah. too. <laughs> I um, forgot about Vernon Davis being like the fifth overall yeah, pick, he was Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, he was... Because he ran like a 4-5. Yeah, he was a freak. So Kyle Pitts, if you're doing it just a talent only, like takeout positional, he's like the third best player in this draft. Second. Just Trevor Lawrence him? I think Trevor Lawrence him. I think there's so many questions about question marks about what if with the other quarterbacks. Honestly, I was thinking Penny Sewell is the other one. Okay. Like, and like, you might, you, you, honestly, you could talk me into Pitts being more like, ge- he's a generational talented tight end of how good he is. He's not, he's not TJ Hawkinson. Like Hawkinson went top 10 because he was so good all around and honestly shouldn't have went top 10. Like no. that's stupid. You need to be like an incredible receiver, which is what Kyle Pitts is. He, if drafted as a receiver, he could go top 15. Yeah. Like he's just, he's just that good. Uh, he's like, uh, God, I'm trying to think. Who's like a big possession guy that wasn't like super slow? I was gonna say, uh, 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 Andre Johnson. Yeah, like he could be Andre Johnson. He's probably a little skinnier. Yeah, he's but, skinnier, yeah. but like, which is funny because he's a tight end. But like he's long and like very good receiver. You line him up out wide, slot in line in the backfield. Like you can move that guy all mm-hmm. over the field, and he's going to be. One of the best players. And he's not a spot. garbage blocker. He's not like a receiver playing he tight end. He was a terrible blocker in 2019, but really improved last yep. year. If And I think the worry is, will we use him? And how would we use him? But like, even if he kind of fills two roles. You could use him as just your third receiver in three wide sets. And he's way better than Chad Beebe. 
Like stick him in the inside is a big slot. Big slot. You can stick Thielen or Jefferson inside. He'll play outside. And if you if you put him on the outside and you notice, oh look at this, they've uh, moved a linebacker out there. Well, they're in man coverage and he's up against a linebacker. Yeah. You know, like there's ways to just utilize him. Move him. Start him in line and spread him out wide as you got a bunch yep. set up to the left or whatever. And you just get those formations where it's okay. They're we're coming out in two tight end set. They're do they. Do they uh, do they play nickel? Do they play do they big play nickel, nickel or do they play base? Yeah, do they go base because they think that they're gonna we're gonna run, and then we can throw to Pitts against a linebacker or Irv Smith against a linebacker, or do they think we're gonna pass and they go nickel and now it's a, a, a soft box for Dalvin Cook to run against? I mean, it's just like it just creates so many mismatches. Yeah, like it's yeah. I mean, he's you, a mismatch nightmare. You, like, you can just play that game all day. You come out with two tight end sets. They're in nickel. Kirk checks to a run. Oh. They're in base. Checks to a pass. Pits against a linebacker. Or, you know, what do they try to do? Put a safety on him? Okay, so one safety over top, and you got Thielen and Jefferson. And there's old Irv Smith hanging out, you know. Yeah. And and the good thing is, I would say Irv and Pitts are different. Pitts is like a... They have the same, like, body style, but they play different games. And and Irv's, a, like, a little shorter, more like an H-back. Like you said, like, he, he's going to yeah. do more, like, I think more interesting stuff in the backfield or, like, coming across the field where, like, you can just put Pitts out wide. Pitts is almost like... Uh, if Rudolph was fast, like he's tall and can catch and can go out wide and make plays, but he has actual speed. He's like he's Darren a, Waller. I was going to say he's a more slender Kelsey, but Darren Waller, I think, is the perfect guy yeah, for him. Like play him as just a big receiver, but then as long as he can also come in and block occasionally, you can run the ball out of two tight end sets and probably get a soft block. So he would just be like. So- I, so I just keep fun. thinking of our offense of like how we've been and we're usually like you've bitched about. We're we're kind of vanilla. So it's like drafting someone so unicorn like and like how are we gonna utilize them? It scares me. 49ers draft Kyle Pitts, it's like, oh fuck, they're gonna do some wild stuff. We draft Kyle Pitts, it's like, God, I hope we use him right. Like, are yeah. we just gonna line him up and have him run curl routes all day? And it like the idea of Justin Jefferson and Kyle Pitts and Delvin Cook for the next like five, six years is a lot of fun. Yeah, and you still have Irv, who's 22 years old. Like, yeah. you still have another tight end. And we did run the most tight end, two tight end sets of, like, of almost any team in the league. So he'd be on the field. And, like, you, he could just play as your slot receiver, and he's way better than Chad Beebe. I've talked myself into moving him up my board to, like, six. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew... Like, he's that good. If I knew Clint Kubiak had a great plan for him, like... Basically, if you if we had Kyle Shanahan, it'd be like, no, yeah, Kyle Pitts like, is like the number four player yeah. on the board. The one thing I would say, though, is you still need to put a body at left guard. Because if Kirk still has a guy in his face, it doesn't matter how open Kyle Pitts is. That's he true. needs... But you just need, like... I've heard a lot of people say, like, offensive line is, like, the weakest link You're only as good as... Oh. Yeah, yeah. You're only as good as your weakest link. So, like, if you have a complete bum at left guard, who cares how good Riley Reef's doing? Because they're coming in through Dakota Dozier's hole, you know? So get, even if you just go sign a Stephen Weatherly-esque left guard, a good solid body. He could still be our worst lineman. He just can't be a complete disaster like Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier. It's kind of like bringing Ezra Cleveland all over again. Yeah, bring in a third, if you can find him, a third round left guard that can can be an NFL caliber starter and then get Kyle Pitts and have some fun. But it's going to be real annoying if we have all these weapons and Kirk's on his back. Because Dakota Dozier's a and all of gate. a sudden we have zero thousand yard receivers. Yeah, and we're like, we did it again. <laughs> we got we got distracted by the shiny toy. No. We forgot about linemen again. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, so Pitts was both of our elevens. Yep. You're twelve. Twelve. I have Farley. 
okay, that was the corner. So we both like him as the number one corner. Yep. I at 12 is Elijah Vera Tucker for me. Okay. Uh, if That's I were to funny, read, I think. Oh, they flipped. Ten, yeah. Well, you had Darisa at oh. nine, right? I think I would so at this point. I'm real. I'm, I think I'm joining your bandwagon where I would put Vera Tucker. The only way I wouldn't is if we cut Reef and we just all of a sudden it's like we don't have a left tackle. Yeah. That, yes. that, and, then the board changes. Yeah. And if they were real clear that they weren't like, well, Ezra's moving to left tackle and we're going to draft a guard. That's funny. So far, seven through 12, we have same players, just different order. Mostly different order. Like Barmore, Pay yep. are the same. But the exact but then, same players yep, so far. Vera Our whole t- boards are the exact same players. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so your <laughs> 13. 13, I have Sertan the second. I also have Sertan the second. Son of a bitch. I always called him Patrick Sertain, though, so I feel like I'm going to stick with that when I was playing a little, a little NFL. No, NFL quarterback club, I think, was that. That was Madison and Patrick Sertain, right? Yeah, they were around until like 2007. Okay, so I just I remember that was a great uh, cornerback tandem. Oh, I forgot. Great names, too. That. Sam Madison and Patrick. Apparently it's Sertain. Sertan? What is it? I say Sertain. Sertain. Patrick Sertain. That's not what it is, though. Sertan? It's Patrick. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't know. Maybe is it's it Sertain. 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 Is it Sertain? Sertain. Sertain? Sertain? It's whatever I thought it wasn't, though, when I growing up. Patrick Sertain the second? There's nothing wrong with drafting a awesome player's kid, though. It works this with Winfield. True. We should do it with him. He is a um, more pro-ready more experienced, Bama defense, maybe a little less of an athlete, though, compared to Farley. He's, but he's still a good athlete. But that's why I think Farley's ceiling's a little higher. That's the only reason I have him higher. Yeah. But if if we pull the trigger on Sertain, Sertain, Patrick Sertain, goddammit. Sertain, Sertain, Sertan? Sertan is the actual name. Okay. Sertain is what I thought it was. Sertan. Sounds stupid. Sertain sounds so much better. It's really weird because I started saying Sertan and then I started saying Sertain. I don't even know how I don't to know if we can it. draft him. I don't know if we can draft him now. I've I've lost. No, we it. have to draft him. So I know how to pronounce it from now on. Uh, he would be I'd be I think it'd be cool. I mean like I again, I know corner sounds terrible to everyone, but if if the the trenches are picked clean, I yeah, I think we're both I mean obviously we both have him 13, so we'd take him over a lot of people. a bunch of these other players. So Patrick Sertain, Alabama corner. Uh, what was it? Diggs last year. Yep. And now it's Sertain this year. So a lot of people think the Cowboys are just going to pair them both up. Let her rip. Let her uh, your fourteenth. Well, I'll give my fourteenth. This is where we're definitely going to differ. Yep. I got Devonta Smith. You got Devonta Bama Smith. Bama receiver, Heisman winner. Yep. Uh, lightweight, real skinny fella, but he gets open and he catches. He's smooth. Yeah, he is. He's very smooth. Um. Uh-huh. I personally, I don't have him on my my board. I personally prefer the other Bama receiver, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Ridiculous. Okay, he would have had better numbers than Devontae Smith had had he stayed healthy. Because when he went got hurt, he was putting up better numbers than Devontae Smith. Hey, we all break out at different times. Mm-hmm. He yep. He's a watching. senior. He was shoved down the depth chart behind Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Jalen Waddle. Who's a senior? Devonta Smith. Yeah, a lot of seasoning, good quality ball player. I'm just going to take the I, guy I that do produced. like Devonta Smith. I just think uh, Jalen Waddle's better. I think Jalen Waddle's faster. He's not a better receiver, though. He worries me. It's like a, it's like a more shifty rugs. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Even Jerry re- Judy. It's Jalen Waddle so reminds me of like a better receiver, Curtis Samuel. 
Oh God, I hope he's better than Curtis Samuel. No, I mean like high. like like better wide like being a wide receiver. Like mm-hmm. you use him like Curtis Samuel, but he's better at wide receiver. I want a real receiver, Devonta Smith. You know what he is? He ain't no Curtis Samuel gadget bullshit. Curtis Samuel, very good player. Yeah. Very, very good, player. good player. I mean, has he ever had a thousand yards? Uh, yeah, not as a receiver. Not a, yeah, but he had yeah. over a thousand yards from scrimmage. I want receivers year. that get yards. He in had the air. like eleven or twelve hundred yards from scrimmage last. I year. can hand the ball to Cook. Uh, anyway, so I have him fourteen. So like this, I'll just give my next one is Jamar Chase. So my fourteen and fifteen are both receivers. Okay. I want them to go before we pick. Yep. Like I don't want to have to make the decision to go. Do I rather have Jamar Chase, who is an elite prospect, or do I rather take Jalen Phillips, who fits us better, is more of a need, or let's like, even throw him up against like Elijah Vera Tucker? Yeah, like, like I have Tucker ahead of him, but like I'm sure a lot of people would be like, "You're really gonna pass on Chase for Tucker?" Probably not, because like. I'm trying to... We talked about this during the break, the long break, Rennie. Uh, we were talking about, in the moment, you're watching the draft. Vikings are on the clock. Jamar Chase is on the clock. Elijah Ray Tucker on the clock. Who do you think, when you're sitting there, you actually are rooting for us to take? When we do these boards, it's so hard to put yourself in that moment. Because in that moment, your real feelings come out. Like... You like I feel like in that moment I'm going Jamar Chase. Yeah, I feel like I'm pounding the tail for Jamar Chase. Yeah, we have to. Like I know we need a guard. I know we need a guard, but we have to take Chase. We have to. He's a top five talent. Like we got to do it. You know. And you You know what? You got to pair him with his old teammate (laughs) Justin Jefferson. You know what's funny? uh, If 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 Devonta Smith and Chase are on the board and we're on pick four, I think I'm pounding the table for Chase. (laughs) I can't help it. I tried to say I tried to say I wouldn't do it, and I got my board set up, but. Jamar Chase is just so cool. He, it's a great name, first off. A fan, great name. He's got great Jamar hair, Jamar Chase. He's got great hair. Played with, played with Jefferson, and he uh, he's young. He's really young. He was tearing it up as a freshman. I think he plays big, too. He's only six foot one. Well, it's like I'd Jefferson. Jefferson's like six foot. But he high points the ball, really good in traffic, very smooth route runner. God damn it. If, if fucking... Jamar Chase and Elijah Vera Tucker are on the board, like if Barmore and Chase are, I think I'm going Barmore. Like I'm I'm feeling I'm like Barmore. Let's go. Like I'll take the three tag. But the like my like a a guard tackle guy, I, I don't know. Like it's so hard to I think I'm pounding Chase over Barmore, even though I have Barmore <laughs> on my board. Oh, but then like week eight, are we gonna be like, oh my gosh, it's we're fun. getting everyone's running on us. Like after the the season, it was like we have to go trenches. We're weak in the trenches. We have weapons. We have Kirk. We have Cook. We don't need another weapon. We need to block, or we need to stop the run. We need to rush the passer. But goddamn, Jamar Chase is such a good prospect. Devonta Smith is such a good prospect. Even Jalen Waddle, like, are you really gonna take the JC Horn? Another corner? So my 14 and 15, we haven't even gotten to mine yet. You were smart and put good players on it. I put Gregory Rosu and JC Horn on there. So Gregory Rosu is the Miami edge. Yep. 6'7, 265. He's like an athletic freak. That has is like a production match. He's only played one, like only super one young year of like massive production. Super young, super raw, super talented. He's like a big ball of clay that like you would love to give to Andre Patterson, but 
do we have time to develop him? Does he need a ton of development? He's, he seems a little riskier than... What the, it's one of those things like, is he 6'7", 265, an athletic freak and not a football player? Yeah. What's funny is like, some would be like, well, he had like 15 sacks. But if you actually watch him, it's a bunch of like... Clean up sacks. Clean up and like up the, up the three tech spot where like, he's probably not going to play in the pros, but like he's going up against some unathletic guard and he just runs around him. Yeah. It wasn't that impressive, but he still has like incredible tools. So... And that's the thing with like the first round of the draft, like you, and that's why the draft is so hard is because it's not only seeing right now, it's looking into the future. Yeah. Because what you would hate to be like, well, we took an edge because we needed an edge. Russo was clearly more of a risk than a Jamar Chase, but we need to need a receiver. And then five years from now, it's like, wow, that's really dumb because Thielen ended up, you know, getting banged up and uh, was done. Got older. Got yeah. old was was uh, you know more of just a slot guy when he was thirty three, and Shamar Chase would still look good on this team. So, oh. like you said, you know. So you hope he goes though. He goes to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> and then your last one was J C Horn. J C uh, Horn, both our third corner. Yeah, uh, South Carolina, good prospect, toolsy, handsy, feisty. I like him. Uh, son of cell phone Joe Horn. Cell phone Joe Horn. I found that out the other day. I was very excited about that. Yep. Uh, draft draft players' kids. There's a lot of them. There's Asante Samuel Jr. There's Lorenzo Neal Jr. Yep. Um, Former fullback. Uh, Patrick Sertan. Yep. Uh, we just named off another one previously, didn't we? J.C. Horn. No, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys Regardless. know that they're there. So. Um, yeah, like J.C. Horn would be one where it's like, oh, cool, I get it. That's a good pick. That's like Mike Hughes. I don't know. Jeff Gladney. It's not exciting. It's not exciting, but it gets the job done. It gets the job done. Which is why when we're on the clock, it's in my heart's apart, I'm, 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 I'm yelling for skill positions. <laughs> oh. It just feels what it is. So we're, uh, I said, like, Micah Parsons. Not on our top 15s. He just because he's a linebacker? Right there. Well, so I don't think that he's just a linebacker. I feel like he's... Uh, Anthony Barr kind of linebacker, where rush the yeah. passer, and like I've even seen people say that Micah Parsons could be the best edge rusher in this class if he chooses to just play edge and not linebacker. Yeah, like I've heard that too. It just he seems like the kind of guy where it's like eh, I don't know, got no way to put him. I, you know, honestly, he, I think he's probably going to be one of the best defensive players in this draft. But I don't think he's going to be that on the Vikings. He needs to go to like Belichick, Flores, and whoever else runs like multiple set, multiple he's, fronts. He's in the group of players that I'm rooting for to get picked before we pick. Like, please take Michael Parsons so another player falls to us. I wish Matt us. Patricia was still in Detroit because I knew he'd be going to seven. Oh, yeah. He'd be jumping all over that. So I guess that's our top 15s. I yep. think uh, if we could redo them, we would change some things. Yep, we'll probably change them as we go. They're already changing as we talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be cool to see as we sign some players. Like maybe we do somehow sign um, Joe Thune, left guard. All right, I got, I'm moving down almost every lineman. And the tackles I, might stay up, like, but I'm taking all the deep, deep. I would take receivers then, no problem. Yeah, no, I'm moving all skill position players up. Yeah, like, because I've probably we, I've probably got three of them in my top ten at that point. You know, honestly, like. If you don't think Slater's making it to us, I would much prefer if we just signed Joe Blow, 
solid player, Josh Klein-esque, with all the concussion problems where it could actually maybe hang around for more than a year, and then draft a skill position. Maybe, well, you got, I mean, defense I, is a thing too. Just going to throw the name out there. I don't think it's going to happen. Don't want it to happen. Basically, like you're signing Nick Easton and saying, all right, let's go take Yeah, maybe a better Nick Easton. But well, Nick, what Nick Easton was when he left. Yeah. Like, you know, he was solid. Like, Get someone that can just perform competently. Sign, give give sign me a fucking, 60 on PFF grade. Yeah, who is uh, who's the Joe Berger? Find That's the next thinking, Joe yeah. Berger so we don't have to burn a first-round pick on a guard. Because there really isn't the... Like, if you're taking a first-round guard... Now, a lot of these guys have guard tackle flexibility, but, like, I want Quentin Nelson. I yeah. want a guy like, like Steve changer, Hutchinson that yeah. I know is a Hall of Fame caliber. Like, I don't think Elijah Fair Tucker's that. He's a good, solid... He's a Bradbury. He's a Lindstrom. He's, he's a... He's a starter. He's not Zach Martin. Yeah. Like, I, when they took Zach Martin at 18 or whatever. Yeah, it just going. seems like, you know, even, like, Tyron Smith and stuff seemed, like, more of franchise tackle like Penny Sewell is it yeah I don't even know if Slater Darasaw are that they're not even as good as last year's tackles like Werfs and no yeah Becton. I think I'm taking I think I'm taking all those the top four tackles mm-hmm. last year with Sewell Sewell's up there with them yeah we're talking more like the Slaters the Veritas Sewell's the probably number two on the board I think I put see I put I think I put Sewell one than all of last year's draft. Who was the like old Andrew, Andrew Thomas? Thomas yeah. yeah, I think. Well, I think I had Wills number one. Yeah, I don't think we either of us had Thomas number one. I think we either had Wills or Wirfs. So, I know we both had Beckton. I think more. Sewell's probably over. Yeah, it probably goes Sewell, Wills, Wirfs, Beckton, Slater, and like Slater. Slater Derisaw, probably Tom, for me would Thomas be ahead had of Beckton. Really bad rookie year, just because uh, the fact that I don't think Beckton fits our scheme as much. I mean, obviously yeah. a monster fits any scheme, but like at the time it was like, oh, he's a bigger guy, probably not a stone okay. fit. But anyways, in conclusion, skill positions fun to draft. Yep, and we're, we've already got distracted by him. Yep. After the season, I promised myself trenches only. That's funny because we are like we were like texting back and forth, and it's like don't get don't like get caught up with the shiny toys. And I'm like, yeah, build my big board like that. And then we start talking about it, talking the big board. And then we get to Devonte Smith and Jamar Chase. It's like, well, I want the shiny toy. I, it's just it's on, I want the box, not the. Boat. It's really yeah. It's yeah. It's honestly just being like honest with ourselves. If we were watching the draft and Jamar Chase fell to 14. And it's him or Elijah Bear Tucker. There's no way in fucking hell I'm sitting there going, eh, Tucker. Gotta go with the guard. Yeah, Tucker! <laughs> yeah. He's there! Yeah. I'm rooting for Chase, and I'm just going to live with the And I'm getting ready to buy that jersey since I passed on the Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, next week or sometime, I guess we'll do... I feel like more draft talk. More draft talk. We'll go in depth. I feel like we should hit some of like yeah, yeah our favorite mid-round third, fourth. I mean, we've got about a billion third, fourth, fifth round picks. Got to hit the boys with the mock draft. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we'll talk about... A Vikings uh, we'll, mock? Yeah, we'll talk okay. about a, a fifth, or we'll talk about our favorite mid-round fits, and at the end of the episode, we'll hit you with... Uh, the first seven-round Vikings mock. Yeah. That's Seven-round... Might just bump it to five. Yeah, we have a lot of picks. Like, you go, it's funny when you do a mock draft, you take your first pick and then you wait a while because we don't have a second round pick, but then it's like third, third, fourth, fourth, fifth, fifth. It's like you're like picking every 15 picks, which is like. Which is great in real life, but during a mock draft, it's like, oh boy, where are we going here? (laughs) And again, like, there's 15 guys and we're going to get to the fifth, sixth, seventh round and everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, 
Yup, I know about that guy. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll learn about some players, but I don't know if I've actually learned enough about the sixth and seventh round and not just be pulling names out of a hat. Yep. So I think I've got to the fifth-ish round of, you know, Viking fit players. I've, yep. you know, I, I, yeah, honed into like scheme. Scone, zone scheme guys, you know, non-3-4 edges, stuff like that. Not so, Isaiah Wilson. Not, yeah, he worked out well. Idiot. Uh, all right, well, it's been a pleasure. We'll uh, catch you next week. Yep, see you guys.